0: Friendship power flop, friendship power flop, let's go shonen flop, let's go shonen flop.
1: to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we're talking about Tokyo Shinobi Squad, and we're joined by our guest, Alex.
2: Thanks for having me, David. It's great to be here with all the Shinobi.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. This one was, uh... This was a manga. This was a manga. This is the infamous alt-right Shonen Jump manga. Just a warning to you listeners, it actually wasn't quite as racist as we were expecting, but it still really should not have been printed in Shonen and jump, but we'll get into that kind of fun stuff. But I just wanted to give listeners just a little bit of a sneak peek of what we're diving into.
0: Oh, yeah, this was surprising to see that this was actually printed in a real respected magazine.
1: Yeah,
2: it's a show that aspires to be more racist than it is,
1: <laughs> exactly. And then, Alex, would you like to tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Alex. Hello. I uh,
2: (laughs) was a stand-up comedian in the world before this year, and I have three podcasts, Pod Damn America, Ballin' Out Super, and Theater of Delights, a radio show, a politics show, and an anime show. And I love to read animes.
1: You are, like, literally the perfect person as a political manga or anime enthusiast to read about a political manga. I didn't get to, but I would have loved to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say a quote-unquote political manga. Yeah, that's true. So now that we've already started talking about the series, why don't we dive into the manga details? This series is actually done by a writer-artist team, which, as we'll get into, really is reflected in art, and it was written by Tanake Yuki, who actually has literally done nothing but this. So maybe people are like, whoa, let's not print manga written by someone who is an alt writer. <laughs> However, we actually have a good happy ending, though, for the artist Matsura Kento, where he is actually currently making a series called I should have looked up how to pronounce this, so Konami-Eru Shonen. Yeah, that one, what Jordan just said, which actually has been in print since August 31st, so I haven't had a chance to check it out, so maybe we'll either do a recommendation episode or a Shonen Flop episode on it, depending on how this series goes, because it's still kind of in that waiting to see if it's a hit or not, Twilight now that it's at kind of like the 30 or so chapter mark.
2: Good for him, because the art was good. The
1: art was not the problem. I couldn't think of a better way to say it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this was very inoffensive art. It wasn't like Stealth Symphony where the art was like beautiful. I would say I would have been impressed if it was one person doing both, but not like thought it was unreasonable for one person to have done the art and the writing for this series. Okay, so if it was one person doing both,
2: your advice to them after reading this would be, okay, just do the art from now on. Yeah. Because you have no good ideas. You shouldn't be writing anything. You should just be writing <laughs> other people's <laughs> ideas down and making little squiggles of them.
1: Yeah, and it's just like sometimes you'll read manga that when there's a pair it's really apparent because the art is just so beautiful like looking at Defno, Dr. Stone One Punch Man where it's just impossible for one person to have done both and you can just see that there's just such a drastic improvement in quality in both the writing and the art because it's split that you just didn't really see here because the art is like B minus quality which is still great but it's not like that A polished quality you get when they don't have to worry about the writing. Yes agreed. The
0: art was good in certain compositions as soon as the artist tried to start doing, like, anything kind of interesting or changing up, like, the perspectives or something, it started to really fall
1: apart. Yeah, just to finish up the details on it, this ran from June 2nd, 2019 to December 8th, 2019, and it ran for 27 chapters over three volumes. Very much disappointing that the author didn't get to do probably the 88 chapters he was hoping for.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The ending of this is very funny, the way that they clearly got a letter in the mail, and were like, I guess the story ends here. Oh, well
1: whoopsie doodles. So I think though that's a really good transition into actually going into the plot of this series. Jordan has written probably one of my favorite descriptions he's ever written for this show. The year
0: is 2049. 20 years ago Japan opened up its borders to the world and built the most incredible infrastructure in history. But it turns out that immigrants are evil, so that's actually a bad thing. The only ones keeping the peace are Shinobi, Japan's vigilante heroes who learn how to use magic by reading ancient kung fu tutorials known as ninpo Scrolls. The coolest of all Shinobi is Narumi Jean, who everyone thinks is strong and rad. He's so cool that he saves a young Thai child named Ein, who needs Gene to help protect his ninpo scroll from thieves, I think. But then they're attacked by a gang featuring Mr. T, Sia, and a generic evil 80s punk named Shuriken. Gene saves Ein again, and they go to see his partner, this smoking hot naked ex-supermodel named Papillon, who's totally in love with Gene. Shuriken attacks them to take Ain's scroll, which turns out to be the scroll of remembrance. But Jean beats them using his lightning and magnetic. He then asks Ayn to join his squad, the Nerumi Kai consisting of himself, Papillon, and a guy with tiger powers named Taiga. Ayn uses his scroll powers to read and memorize a huge book of floor plans in five seconds, which is used by the squad to stop a mad scientist who wants to make super soldiers. The Nerumi Kai are then hired to protect a model named Maki from an evil ice guy named Kyosui, who was hired by a rival modeling agency run by parody Hillary Clinton. But Gene kills the ice guy for being evil, and they win. Gene's squad is then tasked by the Shinobi Union to take test involving stealing chemical weapons back from terrorists. So he teams up with a Japanese teen gangster named Kenryu to participate in a cyborg fighting tournament to find out where the bad guys live, which turns out to be in the part of town where everyone is a terrorist. They're helped by a 15-year-old fishmonger who's actually the evil cardinal in control of the local cult, and Jean gets the weapons back by beating him up. Nothing happens for a couple chapters, and then Jean's teacher, Shimon, shows up because the author wanted a final boss fight but never built up a villain, so they fight, and Jean loses, but it's like in a cool, rocky way where you think he's still strong. A couple A couple years later, Iron is now as cool as Gene, who is still cool and actually probably even cooler than before, and they all agree
1: to take down the deep state because they're really cool.
2: If only I could have read your summary instead of the actual show.
1: So, this often happens where Jordan's summary is probably more interesting than the actual series itself, and this was no exception. The magic of this, like, synopsis you just did
2: is that not only is it funny in its bluntness, but it is also exactly what happens with no exaggerations. Yeah. There's literally a terrorist town where they're like, people go across the street and meet their neighbors. They're like, I'm a terrorist and you're a terrorist. Our children are terrorists and we do terrorism. I'll see
1: you. I'll see you at the town center. Yeah. So in the Transformers, like, cartoon, there is a country called Karbamistan. <laughs> And I 100% bet that this dude, if he was, like, forced to make up a fake country, he would have used that name. Yeah, exactly. Casey Katem, who, the dude voice Shaggy was on Transformers, and he was, like, from Lebanon. I didn't know that. And he just straight was like, what the fuck is wrong with you people?
2: <laughs> Casey
1: Kasem was from
2: Lebanon? I'm pretty sure he's Lebanese. Whoa. Who would have thought such a safe a safe option, like Carbomastan, would cause such a strong reaction in the rear? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have a feeling this is going to be a very fun episode, Alex. uh, I say we're having fun here when I feel like we're getting a little too off topic. Oh, okay. So it's a punishment. (laughs) Yes, it is. I get penalized afterwards. (laughs) Everyone starts with five tickets into the $5 Sizzler gift card raffle. And so you gain another five for having the best six word summary and you lose one whenever you're having too much fun. So Jordan has yet to actually have tickets Mm, in the raffle. Yeah.
0: It's like when you're a good person at a restaurant and you put like $5 bills out on the table until the way. Okay, every time you fuck up, I'm taking one dollar away from your uh, tip.
2: Yeah, I do that every time. But fortunately, I don't think I want takeout from the Sizzler in COVID, so <laughs> I actually don't care at all, but this is good.
1: I just flip a coin because it's only me and the guest, and then it's got two faces, and they're both my face, so I'm like, oh, what a chance.
2: The house wins again.
1: And that's how I've caught COVID six times. <laughs> okay, let's get back into it. So, Alex, though, why don't you lead things off talking about the leading man, Naruto Jean. Jim Naruto. G-
2: <laughs> G- Naruto of the Naruto Kai clan? Yeah, basically. First of all, very cool. He's a cool guy. He doesn't really have a personality per se, so much as like hero traits that you should recognize from other shows and then just remember that he has. Like His main thing is that he gets pissed if you threaten
1: his fucking friends. I'm like a
0: totally chill dude, but you fuck with my friends, man. I'm gonna take
1: you to the floor. He won't kill unless you push him too far, which is every instance. Do you
2: really get the impression they skipped the character section of the series Bible? And we're like, we'll fill it out later. We're going to spend a lot of time on the costume and the scar.
0: <laughs> well, what are you talking about, Alex? I mean, he has a whole other aspect of his personality. He's also a slacker. Yep.
2: He's not a slacker, though, really. I mean, they, they, they tell you he is, in the first uh, chapter or whatever is about how he's, like, not getting, like, shinobi jobs correctly because he has too much justice or something. Yeah. But he's still, like, hustling and running a small business by himself. <laughs> he does no slacking at any point in the show.
0: <laughs> it really felt like to me how, like, in a lot of young adult novels, they talk about, like, the main uh, female protagonist who it's like, oh, she's pretty, but she's just so clumsy, you know? She doesn't know how beautiful she is. It really is the Poochie thing. Like, whenever Gene is not on screen, everyone's like, Man, did you hear about Gene? Gene's really fucking cool, isn't he? I hear he's really strong. Sorry, can you just tell the audience who Poochie is? (laughs) 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 Gotta explain Simpsons jokes. (laughs)
1: You're right, we all know these obscure Simpsons references.
0: I don't even remember the episode, but the joke is, like, they add a character to Itchy and Scratchy in The Simpsons. I'm not gonna explain Itchy and Scratchy to you. And his name is Poochie, and whenever Poochie isn't on screen, all the characters should be asking where's Poochie? Where's Poochie? And that's exactly what happens with Gene. Like, he's always, like, the center of everybody's thoughts at every point of time.
2: To relate Gene, like, to solidify his character to you, all you need to know is at the beginning of the show when they introduce the female character, she hates him and doesn't want anything to do with him. And then later in the show, because they haven't talked about Gene in a while, they just decide she's secretly in love with him.
0: They decide that she's secretly in love with him after they have her completely alter her appearance so that she goes from being like this hot, sexy girl to just being like a normal, conservatively dressed girl who's now all of a sudden just like, okay, now I actually am in love with G. She
2: attacks people with her
0: clothes. Power makes her naked. It's great. It's like a Bayonetta thing.
2: That's the thing is like the bad elements of this show where you're like, what the heck is that? Is also in 10 other things. So you can't even really hold it against <laughs> it. <laughs> she has Bayonetta powers, and there's that girl in My Hero Academia who has like clothed weapons. Yeah. Ladies be having clothed weapons
0: ladies do frequently be having weapons that when they use them make them more naked it's a strange thing that keeps happening in manga i'm not sure what it is
2: i mean if you had that power i mean who cares if you're naked just do it you would do it if you had it totally But, like, before we get to talking about her... Let's talk about Gene's very vague powers that are really good.
0: (laughs) Oh, his powers are very good, yes.
1: Yeah, he literally just pulls out of his ass, like, a million different powers. They're lightning-based, kind of.
0: He has the power of
1: the magnetic field. Yeah.
2: Which, fortunately, also is, like, all things involve magnetic fields, so he can do... He's really strong and fast. (laughs)
1: That's a good band. It was like, what, 99 love songs? 69 love songs, David. Nice. Now it makes more sense. Yeah. But why don't we go into the boy genius Anne? I, I believe.
0: I, Anne or Ein? says EN.
2: We're we reading different versions of the Shonen Jump app. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so Ein he shows up and he's just this little kid. So the first thing we see of him is he's driving in a car. We don't know who he is. He's just this little kid wearing goggles being attacked by like Sia and Mr. T and a Hungarian punk guy. And then Gene just kind of saves him. So that's Ein, And he's carrying around the ancient ninpo's role of remembrance, which allows him to remember things very vividly. Like it gives him photographic memory. And also he can brainwash people and read their minds, I think. Yeah,
2: he doesn't get to do that, but they imply later he was gonna maybe do it if the show wasn't canceled.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they have like one little mention of it when they introduce the scroll and then it doesn't matter until suddenly it matters. Yep.
2: Also, the other thing about Ayn, and I just feel like this is something you have to get out of the way, is at the beginning of the show when they're implying the world has gone to hell in a handbasket because the immigrants got in, Ayn's main trait is that he's from Thailand? Thailand, yeah. That's the first thing he says. He says it like five times. He's like, I'm N, I'm Thai. And then he gets the honorifics And they're like, you foolish Thai boy, you know nothing of our culture
0: first thing Gene does when he meets Ayn is correct his
2: Japanese. It's true, and that shows he has a lot to learn.
1: <laughs> well, that's because Gene is a genius who speaks he speaks 23 languages, so you know.
2: <laughs> Except Ty. I. <laughs> I almost wonder if there was a version of this that was, like, way more offensive that got axed somewhere in the editorial room, <laughs> just from Ayn's character.
1: I'm sure they did. I also wanted to say Ayn is definitely a rip-off of Ed from Cowboy Bebop.
0: He's a version of Ed who is clearly a boy, whereas you know Ed is like you know kind of like a gender non-conforming strange little genius this guy's just like a cute little brother figure and he's sort of the POV character mm-hmm. it really does feel like this is a little brother watching his big brother Gene and just being like my big brother's so cool I want to be like him one day oh man
2: the other thing about Ein compared to Ed too is Ein has no personality <laughs> he's more of like just a vessel for good memory which is a ninpo scroll my mom has <laughs>
1: called a flash drive
2: <laughs> she can read a book really fast i didn't think that made her magic but it does so
1: yeah it's the dumbest fucking thing and they don't really explain how it works that he somehow like absorbs things from a computer because you can't flash him a petabyte worth of data as text that's true there's a big plot point where he reads an entire computer he memorized a petabyte of data in like 10 minutes so for context if people are unfamiliar a petabyte is a thousand terabytes yeah and a terabyte is about the size of of the space on your computer. That is the memory that a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X has. So think of a thousand Xboxes worth of hard drive space is what he memorized in 15 minutes.
0: That's a lot of Neopets. That is at least six Neopets. At least. I also do want to say like what he's reading. Is it a Word document? It's so stupid the more I think about it. Like, oh man, I'll discuss how stupid that whole thing is later. It ties into a really dumb thing. One of the many dumb things here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Shall we move on to that? the next character though yeah why don't i dive into the tiger man so his name is taiga shimizu uh that was probably butchered but sorry tucker he's the guy in the chair he's like their info guy which is redundant because they have iron but you know whatever yeah and so the series is kind of like oh fuck these two characters have the same purpose so then they turn him into like a normal fighter he's obsessed with sweets so if you give him candy he like becomes your best friend so it's weird that he's like a tiger where like his nimpo is he turns into a tiger and claws for people who are familiar with one piece he's kind of like a zone fruit user in that he turns into like a half tiger form? Yeah. And so they're like, oh, he's normally the guy behind the chair, but he's actually the second strongest guy in the team, and he gave the main character his scar. So it's a complete waste that he was a behind-the-scenes person. Wait,
2: he didn't give him his scar, though, did he? I thought his other friend gave him the scar.
0: You might be confused because in the flashback that Taiga has a different
1: design. Yeah, Taiga has a different haircut.
2: Oh, and then it almost exactly matches up with the next cool sidekick character they introduced three chapters later? That is confusing.
1: That character,
0: Kenryu, just completely takes over Taiga's, like, di- Dynamic spot in the squad as like the second in command. It really does feel like why'd you even introduce Taiga?
2: Too many Taigas.
0: Yeah, there's too many, and it's just dumb.
2: And it is dumb. That's true. What else about Taiga? Taiga is mm, he's a tiger. Is a tiger. Tiger. (laughs) The whole
0: scar thing pissed me off so much because the whole manga you just see Gene having this scar, and you're like, oh, there's probably a cool story with that. Like, you know, maybe there was some drama or something. But it was like, oh, it was just like a fight he had with Taiga, and it wound up not being that big a deal. Okay, whatever.
2: <laughs> His friend is a tiger all the time. He scratched him due to a misunderstanding. It's actually not a big deal.
1: Nah, whatever. Oh, you know what? They, instead of candy, they should have had people give him catnip. They could have done
2: a lot of things if they would commit to one idea.
1: Yeah. I wonder if you can if weed is legal in future Japan.
2: It's not. It's actually one of the biggest problems. You're killed if you have the weed. Ninjas show up and murder you.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> you speak from experience, so I'll trust
2: you. I'm from terrorist town.
0: Oh, man. That's a rough part of town, I hear. It is. I hear that little children walk forward wearing headphones and just blow themselves up out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, we put explosives in the headphones. We think it's funny. It, it actually was pretty funny when it happened. In the manga.
1: <laughs> it's just anything to appease our dark god. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we've already talked about uh, Leon, So does anyone have anything more they want to say? She
2: is the only one who's like almost an interesting character, but then they change their mind and they decide she's not an interesting character. Oh, wait, I did laugh out loud when I found out that she was like actually a professional supermodel. Yeah. <laughs> Like really she's not only just like a beautiful woman it's her career as well as a ninja (laughs) so this
0: manga I feel has James Bond syndrome where it's like you know how James Bond is supposed to be a super
1: spy but literally everybody knows who he is and he's super famous yeah when they found out that James Bond is his real name in Skyfall I was like (laughs) are you fucking kidding me
0: (laughs) but it's like she's supposed to be a shinobi like they're spies right like they're supposed to be in the shadows and they kind of talk about how oh we're like supposed to remain in secret there's a moment where they're doing a big fight with like cyborgs in a tournament which somehow winds up being super boring that's a real fuck up if you make a tournament where ninjas are fighting robots and it's boring as fuck but they mention that like yeah don't worry you can fight here we had all the attendees sign
2: NDAs (laughs) yeah I forgot about that they're not allowed to say ninja names outside
0: oh okay that just makes it all all alright then and nothing will get out sure
2: important secondary detail being part of the ninja cyborg tournament is to the death so most of you will be dead so you don't need a gag order really
1: yeah unless you're a robot is apparently it's just too hard to kill the robots so they just do the best they can
2: yeah the robots have an unfair advantage in this there should be a political manga about that but no the thing is and this is going to be a controversial thing to say but I have found in my uh, worldly experience watching anime and, and manga is uh, when your show is doing a tournament arc a lot of the time it is because they ran out of ideas for other things
1: absolutely I was actually impressed that they kind of the tournament arc they really- Really could have stretched it, and I talked about this in Samurai Eight as well, where it wasn't like a proper tournament arc. Like it wasn't. It it lasted maybe what four chapters.
0: I was actually thinking, man, you know something? This manga probably could use a tournament arc. You know, if you actually made this into a tournament arc, where like you have these cool ninjas with magic powers fighting off against big scary cyborgs, that might actually be like pretty cool. You should do that, and they don't do it.
2: Also, if they told us there were cyborgs right before that tournament, I feel like that was a problem. (laughs) If I knew in advance maybe I would have been more excited about it. Like if
0: there was some kind of unified focus in this manga at <laughs> any given point of time.
2: All right, well, there's one more guy on this on this sheet we got to get through.
0: Yes, so this is Henryu Oniwa. He cannot use ninpo, but he uses magic weapons instead, so it really doesn't matter. And he's like a typical um, anime teen gangster kind of guy. He's got like a pompadour, you know. You've seen this character in a billion anime.
2: He's a Yakuza friend. Yeah. But not in a bad way that they're supposed to kill on sight, but in a good way that we like.
1: Yakuza of a heart of gold, you know?
2: We don't know why it's a heart of gold, because it does seem like he kills people at whim, but we love him. We can't get enough of him. He has ivy from Soul Calibur's sword whip, so we respect that. (laughs)
0: He has a button that seems to randomly inject poison when he uses it, but you don't know about it until it can be used as a deus ex
1: machina. God, that was the dumbest thing where they did the fake kill. I knew they were going to do it. I did too. Oh, these series will never fucking take the hard route to anything. So, for context, during the tournament, finger quotes arc, they have like another shinobi team that they're friends with also in the tournament, and they meet in the, like the finals or semifinals, and like they beat them up, and they're like, all right, we're done next round, and they're like, oh no, no, this is a fight to the death in a rule that we never mentioned before you have to kill your opponent if they're not a cyborg so you need to kill your ninja friends and so they kill them using the whip but it turns out oh we use like knockout poison and they want to like take their bodies and revive them using electricity you know not thinking about the immeasurable brain damage you would suffer from being unconscious this long they use the breaking bad fake death pill yeah which all ninjas have yeah
2: I almost was wondering is it gonna be a test that you're never supposed to kill another ninja but that is not the case no we don't kill our friends in this series.
0: That's true. That is that is the thing. Jin doesn't do it because he doesn't hurt his friends.
2: He's too good. He loves friends. Friends are so good
1: for him. You know what? Gene's really cool, okay? Gene is so cool, and I he speaks 23
2: languages. <laughs> they did say he speaks 23 languages. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this might actually accidentally be good writing in that if it's from Anne's perspective, Gene is literally who Anne thinks Gene is, where he's like this unbeatable ninja guy who speaks 23 languages, has like a million abilities, you know, and always fights for his friends. And that actually lines up if you give the offer a humongous benefit, the doubt that that was on purpose.
2: Which I don't. Here is the hugest detail as well. I think this presupposes everything else you learn about this super cool guy. He is 17 years old. He has a long storied history of events known around the world and is not out of high school.
1: He's just a cool guy. <laughs> oh yeah. He probably took the SAT and Yale was like, your scores are too high for you to come to us, so no school would take him.
2: You gotta kill people in the streets for some reason. He's done more in his 17 years than my entire life i felt like before i was 17 i had just like exclusive knowledge about different newgrounds.com flash videos and you know gene's just showing me that i pick myself up by my bootstraps i too can be a cool and vague guy exactly
0: <laughs> oh yeah so this manga does have like a uh, bootstraps energy even with the ninpo scrolls it's really funny because when somebody uses a power like gene's lightning power somebody uses like a uh, steel power there's always like a little box that says by the way this took four years to learn that's <laughs> true and what's great is that the manga clearly judges people who didn't spend as long of a time on their individual power. In the first chapter, the bad guy, it's like, it only took him a year to master this.
2: Yeah, six months. He went to community college <laughs> for nails that grow out of your spine.
1: Ninja community college. Yeah. <laughs> NCC, man. I double majored in, um shinobi and uh, jiu-jitsu with a concentration in chakra.
2: Good luck getting a job with that. In this economy. In this economy, man. These goddamn immigrants. Yeah. Supposedly.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Now that we're actually getting into the terrible racist message, why don't we use that as a good way to pivot into the why it failed section. Alex, why don't you lead us off, though, with what would you say is really what you think is the absolute worst thing about this series? There
2: are so many different discussions to be had at this moment that it is hard to pick you know the main problem with Tokyo Shinobi Naruto. I think number one is it is no improvements on and a pale shadow of Naruto. It does not have a full idea for any of its world building. For example the first chapter you read that it's a right wing fantasy and immigrants have destroyed Japan and the city can only be saved. Tokyo can only be saved by these Shinobis who run the streets and there's a government bureau of shinobis, but that shinobis can be hired by anyone to do anything. We never learn, like, what the hiring process is like or what they're doing. (laughs) And there doesn't seem like there's any rules for being one. The thing about judging anime and, like, even American comic books, because this honestly had much more of, like, a bad American comic book feel to it than a manga for me. Oh, yeah. I will go along with whatever your dumbass idea is, as long as it's fleshed out, and nothing in this is fleshed out on any level, except that there's gonna be, like, a lightning fire.
0: I think that's a very good point I got an extreme like 80s action vibe from this This guy watched a lot of Stallone And the ice pun guy Like holy shit Oh god the ice pun guy Jesus Christ But I think you're you're right that the core idea is the lack of focus We've done a few other failed manga on here And one we brought up earlier was Stealth Symphony Which was significantly better than this But like it had the same problem Where the author had so many ideas That he didn't actually take the time to focus on something Of course the difference is I don't think that the author of Tokyo Shinobi Squad actually had any ideas? (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. It's the most generic thing I've ever heard. Even the title, Tokyo Shinobi Squad, is possibly the most generic anime title I can possibly think. It tells you nothing.
2: It also doesn't presuppose that you're thinking of the future either, because if I'm thinking of Shinobi, they could just be Shinobi in Tokyo. They wouldn't have, you know, magic cyborg powers.
0: Yeah, so the thing is, if you say the word Shinobi to me, I'm gonna think one, they're probably somewhere in Japan, and two, they might be in a squad. So the phrase Tokyo Shinobi squad, it evokes nothing to me.
2: The fact that Shinobi are so often in a squad is almost questionable. You'd think if they're going to lurk in the shadows, they should often work alone, and they never do. They're always in a squad in Tokyo. Maybe that's why there aren't that many of them left. Well, and for now, until the Belarusians get in or whatever, um, to build a Super Bowl stadium. <laughs> it, there's just no development on what happened at all at any point.
0: I love the moment where they're looking into this punk past, and they're just like, oh, he half Hungarian half Japanese and then another characters like I don't care about that and it's like well then why'd you tell me
1: <laughs>
2: they just wanted to talk about Hungary I needed an excuse for him to be <laughs> blonde okay <laughs> I want you
0: to know that this guy's an immigrant but I don't want the characters to seem like they hate immigrants I just want
1: you the reader to hate them. yeah I still love how in manga if you're part American or I guess part European you always have blonde hair and that's how you can tell
2: <laughs> it's true that's one of our dark secrets
1: another note on the
2: downsides of this and I had a question for you two about this the the writing is very bad and i was wondering like i took a picture of one specific line on my phone that i thought was so funny so many
0: lines in this that are hilarious
2: this is i think taiga and somebody has said something to make him mad and he's glaring and there's a sound effect that says glare and then his spoken dialogue is it's scum like them who think betrayal is as easy as cake dot 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 that compel me to hunt <laughs> And so when you read a line like that, I haven't honestly read as much manga as an adult. Is that a translation problem or is that a writing problem? It could be both. I don't know how you can make that a good line, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, it just might be one of those funny compound words in Japanese. I've been learning Japanese since March. It is like structurally the opposite of English. So if you directly translate it, it does kind of come out like this. But everyone is saying the most direct, elongated version of whatever they have to say to each other at all times. Conveying nothing. It's almost like a like dystopian art piece. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It is technically a dystopian art. In the other way. In the way that it is really bad art, and it is dystopian for us to read it.
1: Yeah, it could be both, but let's not give this series a benefit of doubt and just say it is because it's bad writing.
2: I have no trouble believing the guy who wrote the, like, background logic for the Ninpo Scrolls also isn't great at conversation. That's not hard for <laughs> me to believe.
0: I really want to talk about how fucking stupid this is. Like, my favorite part... possibly the dumbest part we mentioned it it's a part where um they're talking to this guy who claims to be a fishmonger and he winds up being the evil 15 year old cult leader and he's just like yeah everyone in this town is a terrorist this is the domain of death a territory of radical terrorist groups. outsiders who venture in are killed children are brainwashed and molded into soldiers like it's an entire town where you can just totally kill all the civilians you
1: want because they're all bad guys yeah the main bad guy he has organized children's suicide bombers, they try and make him seem redeemable. At the end, we're like, oh, you know, he had this tragic backstory. And I'm like, no, you don't get to try and make a simple fact to someone who uses children as suicide bombers.
2: Yeah. Which is lazy writing again. And better shows do this, too. Peaky Blinders loves to do this. If you have a bad guy, but the good guys are also, like, killing people all the time, you have to make them cartoonishly obviously bad. (laughs) So they'll just blow up kids with explosive headphones for no reason but my favorite part about this character this is a brief tangent so he's watching gene beat up his friends and he's think wow gene is cool i I wish i was gene but the main lesson he takes away is if i worked harder i don't think i'd have to blow these kids up with headphones
1: God, this series, man. So the real message is some crime is okay, but only when they're disposable people. Right, even violent crime is okay. That's all Gene does is kill.
0: Oh my god, there is this amazing moment early on where Gene and uh, his squad are just hanging out in an abandoned mall for kind of no reason, and then Gene just hears a real estate developer show up and talk about how he's really evil, and then Gene's like, oh, I'm gonna beat the shit out of this guy then.
2: Real estate developer guy, one of the best examples of character building in this show where he does not exist then pops into existence explains that he likes doing evil things because of his dark heart and then is uh embarrassed and murdered by cool teens in a way that we love
1: those cool teens man they're the worst they're the worst but they're all we have
0: it's a shame man we live in a dystopia where teens have to be cool (laughs) Teens shouldn't have to be cool.
1: Yeah, and then speaking though of that, how they're super cool, powerful teens, I've never seen a series be successful where the main character starts already being one of the more powerful people besides One Punch Man, where that was the entire joke. Can you guys think of an example of where the hero starts out extremely competent?
0: I mean, it's not that he's competent because that does happen. Like, I mean, you can argue that's Dragon Ball. You can argue that's One Piece. The issue is that he's just like so competent.
2: Yeah, he never loses is the problem. It's a lot
0: like uh, in the WWE, where, like, no matter what happens, Roman Reigns must always
1: look strong.
2: Yeah. Every point. But then at the end, you know, when Roman Reigns keeps winning, you're not impressed anymore, because you would never expect him to lose.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because he's Poochie, and Poochie can't lose a fight. I've never seen Poochie lose a fight. His WWE career was just him with his skateboard representing his planet. (laughs) (laughs) RIP. Yeah, Rip, when he died going back, that was the one thing that could kill him, was the vacuum of space. Yeah. The main character probably could breathe in space in this series. Absolutely, with his magnetic field.
0: Just gonna say, he would do something weird with like magnets, he would like manipulate the dark energy into oxygen somehow.
2: As long as we're just shitting on the show for this part, the one flashback I had even more than Naruto, which is trying to bite very hard with the scrolls and even with the trying to explain how the magic works, but not enough whenever they introduce a (laughs) technique. This reminds me a lot of G Gundam. Yeah. It has the same feel to it where there's like toy executives in an office putting a show together with no (laughs) emotional connection with how it comes out at all. (laughs)
1: I love G Gundam, though. G Gundam is so dumb, but I love it. I love it dearly. I was watching some of the highlights, like the Master Asia fight, or just the ending, when they do their final super attack, and, like, the guy's title is the King of Hearts, and literally, like, he shoots an energy ball that turns into a fucking King of Hearts. And uh, they make a heart-shaped hole, despite it being a circular ball that he shot (laughs) out.
2: (laughs) We're uh, recapping G Gundam for the bonus episodes of Ballin' Out right now, and I am five episodes away from that, I think, and I'm very excited.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I'm sorry. I just ruined G Gundam for you. Please forgive me. Spoilers. I've already seen it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for a show that came out in, like, 1997. The horse is the best character in G. Gundam.
2: I almost think G Gundam is, like, a map for how this terrible show could have been made bearable, which is to add more things like incredibly offensive Mexican
1: Hat Gundam, or a horse that... That drives a robot. I just want to pause that because that would have been a beautiful segue if we didn't have one more section before that. So do you guys have anything more you want to say in the white fill?
0: It's just so dumb and it's not well written and it tastes horribly. And how is there filler in this manga? This is like only 26 chapters. There's a lot of filler. Shit, this just doesn't matter.
1: No, they just have like all these miscellaneous adventures. I also want to say that like they made a really big thing about like time to training and learning the ninja way, but you never actually see any of them really like still studying how to learn ninja techniques and like you don't see the main character like try and do like a lightning attack and he fucks it up and like you see him practicing it or something like little details like that would have gone a long way because the author literally has a box popping up showing how hard it is and how long a character spent learning it but you don't actually see what it goes into learning a ninja tech
2: yeah this is one of the biggest problems with the show it tries to do all the things it liked from naruto but then doesn't do any of the good things in naruto like a long montage trying to run up a tree you're not getting that. You're just getting Gene flawlessly running up trees.
0: It's just like, oh yeah, he's not having any trouble with this and there's no conflict because he's so cool. He's just cool and you don't know how cool he is. But the thing about this manga is as dumb as it was there were a couple moments that I think were real funny Yeah, and yeah, I think I can technically talk about those things as things this manga did well.
1: Okay, so that sounds like a good transition. So Jordan though, I know you have had a lot of thoughts about what you've actually enjoyed about this series despite how much we riff on it. So what would you say is really what's st- out to you is something you legitimately enjoyed. Oh, legitimately enjoyed? Fuck. No, I mean,
0: (laughs) some of the designs looked kind of cool. I think Taiga has the coolest looking power. It actually looks somewhat thought out, how his face turns into a tiger and like the weird squiggly lines. I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. At one point, and it only happens once, and I have no clue why it only happens once, Gene pulls out this really cool motorcycle that's powered by his own magnetic electricity. Yep. And it looks dope, and then he uses it once. never see it again. But also, we have not at this moment, up to this point, been able to talk about the best character in the whole Manx, which is the assistant manager of a hotel. Yep. It's hard to describe their motivations in these sections because they're so dumb. <laughs> Their motivation is they're trying to find a chemical weapon that will kill thousands, but the shinobi union is also intentionally making it harder for them as a test. So they go into a hotel where they'll supposedly find the info they need and they're met by this assistant manager dude who just shows up and the first thing he does he just like trick fires a bunch of guns and makes a bunch of cool
1: poses. I remember that. Let's ignore all the severe hearing damage you would take from hearing a gun shot indoors multiple times.
0: Yeah, it's also just like this is the best character in the whole it winds up to be a trap because the floor opens up, they fall into an arena where they fight generic robot ninjas. And then they skip the fight.
2: Who would want to watch that?
0: I know that I don't tune into anime or
1: manga to watch cool fights. I can tell the artist of the series actually really didn't like drawing action because they skip fighting as much as he possibly can. Oh, yeah.
2: But the thing is, I feel like that's one of the few things that they do, like, find. Like, for in terms of art, like, I, there was a really good uh, shot of a car crash somewhere in here, somewhere where I, I could imagine an audition problem. Process where they just drew that and we're like, great, you're hired. <laughs> Do you mean the one where there's like a truck comes out of nowhere in the terrorist district? Right. Well, maybe it was just the reality of the moment was so compelling for me. But yeah, the truck shot was great. It was good. Oh, man. The
0: other thing is that like the villains are sometimes kind of fun. Like they're funny. I mean, there's a bad guy who I mentioned it as a joke, but she really does seem like parody Hillary Clinton <laughs> walking around with like a syringe like she tries to just inject it into this like captive model's uh, cheeks
2: or something. She can't stop injecting it. She keeps it by her eyes at all times and just pokes it into her own face. If if we're allowed to take things that we thought were funny as good, I did think that arc with the supermodels, that was the most compelling moment in the entire thing because the real plot you're supposed to be taking seriously as a serious kidnapping situation is that uh, Gene's team, Narumi Kai, is in charge of protecting a beautiful supermodel because supermodels in this world presumably due to immigration are uh, targeted by assassins. Dangerous assassins at every turn want to kill these beautiful women dead and they need protecting.
0: I mean it just makes sense right?
2: Yeah. They destroy like a section of town in this way <laughs> over the supermodels. My
0: favorite part of that whole thing is the bad guy is he's a criminal who uses
1: ice power. And he makes all these shitty ice puns even though the translation fucked it up where uh, and sorry to interrupt you. No go ahead. But the bad guy gets pissed off and one of his underlings Says, oh no, he's really fired up now. And I just straight up messaged Jordan. I'm like, I sent him a screenshot. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is how you describe the ice dude who fucking is making Arnold Schwarzenegger style, like, you know, Mr. Freestyle ice puns as fired up. You'd be better
2: off saying he's really iced off now or something. Just make up new sayings. They'll probably go over better. It would be something. The other funny thing about the supermodel arc is, and this is no shade to supermodels, who I'm sure are 90% of the audience of this podcast podcast but yeah. the arc that they keep going back to for this whenever they talk to the woman they're defending is that she works really really hard <laughs> I'm not even implying anything for that I'm sure it is hard to be a supermodel it's just not the hardest job you could think of I guess (laughs) a lot of it is posing I don't know maybe that's ignorant
0: there is a point there and it's also the fact that um she's an idiot and it's like you are actually being targeted by assassins and she's like well I still have to go to the gym
2: (laughs) yeah she would not make it in a corona world
0: where she got shot at with a rocket launcher (laughs)
1: That's true
2: (laughs) it's amazing she loves going to the gym. She can't help herself. She doesn't care if there's a rocket launcher.
1: There are people like that. There was a dude where there was like a terrorist bombing and they interviewed some dude and he's like yeah I saw the bombing and then you know I just went back into the gym because I gotta get my pump on. When you set
2: good habits you know you you live a good lifestyle and that's what this is all about. Don't you just
0: hate when like you're running on a treadmill and then like a cyborg ninja pops out and just fires an RPG at
1: you? No dude that's called practical training. Right. Of course. Which supermodels need.
0: My favorite thing about that whole art is how they can't find where this I guy criminal is so they have to go find Sia who I mentioned it in the plot description but there are two characters one who looks exactly like Mr. T and one who looks exactly like Sia like the
2: the Australian pop singer Sia the chandelier
0: whose name is Sina so like come on
2: that's a coincidence that's not related you're right I'm sorry (laughs) but
0: they basically are like well she's the only one who can tell us where this guy is you know where he is he's in a warehouse that's covered in ice the first place you would look like oh there's There's a criminal. Oh, is he in in the warehouse district? Is it in the building covered in impenetrable icy wall? I don't
1: know.
2: If I was in charge of looking for an ice ninja, I would look for an icy wall. That would be one of the first things I look for.
1: Yeah. I thought they were going to be like, get me a list of every industrial size refrigerator in Japan or freezer in Tokyo.
2: Dude, if he was in a freezer, it would be so much better. I will just say the industrial capacity for these large freezers really opened up when trade expanded. But at what cost? (laughs)
1: we're having a little fun here
2: i'm done saying good things about the show don't worry (laughs) (laughs)
1: okay so I had two more positive notes actually the first thing was with the freezer guy and one of the few scenes I actually respect in the series is he is fighting the main character and the main character activates like his super form that has like a time limit and the freezer guy is just like I'm gonna make a giant wall of ice and wait out your form because you have a time limit and I was actually like that's actually really smart I was watching One Piece with the same thing where I was just like the bad guys can just wait out till Luffy's too tired to keep up gear second (laughs) and then just beat his ass so I was actually impressed someone fought it do that especially because he's an asshole so it's like he didn't care about the honor of
2: you know doing that it was another great move stolen directly from naruto from the ice ninja from the first arc of naruto (laughs) (laughs)
1: Sounds about right. The second one is that the electricity powers, he did at least some research in how electromagnetism works with some of the powers like EMPs, just overall electromagnetism, so that showed he actually at least did like a 10 minute Wikipedia check on potential powers, where as we read Hungry Joker, sometimes the writers just don't even do the 10 minutes of research needed to actually get the full value of their idea when they're trying to be scientific.
2: The strength of this show is that it has some facts about magnetism. It's a Show for STEM kids.
1: That was actually one of my original ideas for the cover art was to do like an insane clown posse parody. (laughs) fucking magnet
0: the last thing i want to say is if there is something i like about this manga it's that i really like shitty 80s movies that are stupid and this reminds me of a shitty 80s movie.
1: that's actually a good transition into really how i would have redone the series so the first thing i would have done i would have set this in a fictional universe because there's a whole lot of implications that just go away if it's just simply not actually called japan and you're not saying people from russia are ruining japan (laughs) (laughs) you know you get a lot more leeway like as we Saw with Barrage, if you say they're aliens or they're magical creatures or demons instead of saying, Hey, foreigners are bad, they're
2: from the ice village.
1: Barrage was stupid, but we never said it's straight up racist, even though it pretty much has the same message because they called them aliens like literal aliens, not you know, like alien, like uh, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. There's there is like a xenophobic message in Barrage, but it's hidden under a little bit.
1: Yeah, no one has said the dude who made My Hero Academia who made Barrage has a manga with a pseudo racist message to it because it just was kind of buried yeah this dude people will discuss that he made this series if he ever makes anything else the big though thing I really want to talk about is as you said this really should have just been the campiest fucking dumb series of all time if you want this to be like some unbeatable badass just make everything really cheesy and really stupid and Jordan I know you'll go into more detail because you're more passionate but I totally agree that this whole 80s 90s action like I think like commando is like the perfect tone which was like the pinnacle of stupid 80s action movie that just knew how extremely stupid it was like commando is where that famous scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he goes to this dude where he's like, I like you, I'll kill you last earlier in the film and he's like killing a bunch of dudes and the dude's like, oh, you you said you said you would kill me last and Arnold Schwarzenegger just kills him and he just goes, I lied. That's like the level of cheesy 80s action movie I wanted this series to be. It's a great moment. They actually call
0: Commando out by name. That blew me away. Like, oh, you guys, you think you're really doing something cool here, don't you?
2: <laughs> yeah. The line I believe is, uh, we make Commando and Rambo look like kids with cap
1: guns.
2: (laughs) Just to remind everyone, this is not a made-up world. This is the world you live in. We think this is what it's going to be like. All right, back to the story.
1: I also want to point out that at this point in time, those movies are both about 70 years old, so I am very, very surprised that a 17-year-old in 2055 would have seen those movies.
2: He loves classics.
1: Yeah, come on.
2: (laughs) He's not like you or I. He's really cool.
1: He's like one of those uh, kids who's like, yeah, man, all my friends are like listening to Justin Bieber, but I still think Led Zeppelin Real Well, Justin Bieber comes up. Remember the Justin Bieber incident? Oh, right! They don't say what it is, but there is a Justin Bieber incident. But let us get back on track. So, Jordan, give us your spiel of how you would have redone the series.
0: So, the thing is, like, reading this manga, you start to pick up on things that could be smart, but as you mentioned, it requires me giving the author benefit of the doubt that obviously did not deserve. There's a moment towards the end where shortly after Ayn, uh, or, or while Ayn is being held hostage by the evil fishmonger cardinal, he says um, he is about out to blow himself up. Which I thought, is the author making some kind of like weird parallel here between like how people followed this cult, but then Ein's view of Gene is like a god figure? No, because Gene saves him. But I thought that like you could absolutely twist this manga into being about like from the perspective of a child being indoctrinated into being a soldier, because that is literally what happened.
2: Oh, that's interesting. So like unreliable narrator, like a great Gatsby. This is the great Gatsby of manga. It could be you know, if, if if he was just better. It chooses not to be, and that's my problem with it. Or, and this goes back to David's original idea, worse written and just embrace being a dumb show for dumb people.
1: It's like Kurt Lagan knew exactly how stupid it was. It wasn't trying to be like the next Evangelion or G-Gunnam. They both knew how fucking stupid a series they were. They didn't try and go halfway, and they were better for it. You know what series
0: does this kind of stupidity, but in a really fun way? JoJo. Like, JoJo is so dumb. If you break it down and you break down the politics that are happening in Jojo, it's pretty bad. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure does not have a lot of very good uh, political views, but it's like everything around it is so fun and silly and stupid that it's like, I mean, okay, obviously I don't take this part seriously, but here it's like there's nothing around the bad politics that make you look at that with like any kind of context other than this is just bad politics.
2: That's a great example because it shows how far that technique can go because not only is it just that the politics of Jojo are bad, it's that the story does not make sense most of the time, and you are still very on board for the entire project.
0: There's a part of this manga that also specifically reminded me of some politics in JoJo, where um, Gene is talking about issues he has with the cop, and his issues with the cop are that they're underfunded, and that there aren't enough of them. Yeah. There's a part segment in JoJo part 5 where one of the guys is an ex-police officer who quit the force because they just weren't letting him go after the bad guys, and man, like, we just need better cops here, man. It's a similar thing it's just that in jojo it's like well this is attached to a character and in this it's just like no this is very clearly what gene thinks the world is it's
2: true and Jean should think the world is like that because he is a uh, essentially the cops have been replaced with killer ninjas who have no rules so i almost agree with him there. <laughs>
1: That's fair, yeah. And then I had one last point, and then, uh Alex, did you have anything?
2: All of the ingredients are there. You've had all of your points about how to improve the show were so good. I, I, I hesitate to add any more.
1: Okay, this series had no actual overarching plot. There was no main character goal, and you can see that with the ending in that there was nothing to resolve in this series. That's why it felt very like Monster of the Week because besides Ayn's growth, there was nothing that in a year from now these characters would be different.
0: Which is funny because we see them like a year or two later, and they're not different except for Ayn.
1: One guy got like promoted, but that's about it. Yeah, whatever. Good for him. Tokyo Shinobi, your squad. Actually, if you made it in America and you call it, like, New York Shinobi squad, that actually sounds interesting. My life as a Shinobi squad. That's just the Ninja Turtles. I love how the Ninja Turtles are actually pseudo, like, lined up with the origins of Daredevil. Mmm! that's interesting. Matt Murdock, when he gets like the acid that blinds him, he was carrying four turtles. What? And those four turtles are the Ninja Turtles. Fuck off. I am a thousand percent serious. Google Teenage Ninja Turtles Daredevil origin and it will come up. I'll do
2: that after the show.
1: <laughs> so though, I think that's a good segue And now we're rambling about other bullshit. Let's get into the miscellaneous thoughts. So Alex, why don't you lead us off though? Of, you know, what are any miscellaneous thoughts that really hit you while you're reading this series? Why no scape? boards. Mind their more teen stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe just more ninja weapons. I'm just shooting out I'm just shooting off the hip here. <laughs> if they had more stuff like uh, Kenryu or whatever, his like ivy whip, I would be more interested in kind of seeing like what the world is there. Put a horse in a in a gang, horse gang. <laughs> that would be great. I love that idea. Horse gang. Horse gang. Horse gang. They could have done something with like the animal transformations but they didn't. Who wants to know more about that? I don't. there's one section where they have to
0: go onto like a secret website and it's shinobi.com
1: I checked and that's not like a website gives you a 404 and I was really disappointed
0: that actually shocks me I'm legitimately
1: surprised nobody bought shinobi you should get it maybe we should buy it and have it redirect to show kickstarter help
2: us buy shinobi.com I don't think you need a kickstarter (laughs) I could be wrong
0: (laughs) (laughs) you remember when like Gene is in the hospital and Papillon shows up in a totally boring outfit and then just this random old lady maid shows up and like pushes her across the room with her butt into jeans so that her and jean kiss. yeah
1: who could forget that wasn't that stolen from naruto
0: that was stolen from naruto oh last thing this was so stupid when i realized this the mad scientist we mentioned earlier they're trying to stop the mad scientist because he stole stem cell research and wants to sell it to the military to create super powerful soldiers that will like regrow limbs and shit but it's like wait that would have been used on soldiers anyway like you think I think like if that research that they were working on made it to the government and became worldwide that they wouldn't use it on soldiers like what what
2: are you doing that's just what that company like would do like if you read about it in the newspaper yeah <laughs> very little terrorism involved in that oh no they're gonna use our research to make our product
1: oh god <laughs> yeah on that note it also reminded me when he does the emp and he destroys all his research he was like oh i did the building i was like how the fuck does a major corporation have no off-site backups yeah what the fuck i would really respected the series that the villain had come back and he's like dude we had like eight off-site backups you know this is 2055 we're all in the cloud did you really think physically destroying the computer would set us back that much <laughs> like jesus christ all right we should get moving to the final verdict i think uh Whew. fine <laughs> and so let's turn that though to the final verdict man jordan's really like keeping us on clock i love it <laughs> I'm going to start out with my six word summary where I said alt-right with no quality left. Nice. Mm. (laughs) How about you, Jordan?
0: What if Stallone movies were
1: dumber?
2: Oh, that's pretty good. I've never done this before. I just did a a more direct one. Punisher Ninjas love their fucking friends.
1: That's pretty good. Very accurate. Okay. And then circling back though to Flop or Not, I am actually going to call this one a certified flop. Absolutely. What certifies the flop? Well, the fact that it's racist. It has no plot. The art was like above average at best and it just was just terrible to read. Like you can't be boring and racist and really think you're going to get away with not being called atrocious.
2: That's true. If you're going to be racist at least be interesting about it.
1: Exactly, right? Yeah. I mean, again, Stallone movies. (laughs) Yeah. But Wait, what? Do people think Sylvester Stallone movies are racist? They're very racist. What? Oh, whoops. Where (laughs) is that coming from? His 80s output is like
0: incredibly ideologically bad.
2: The guy who made Rocky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Racist? Oh, yeah. So it isn't Rocky. What I'm thinking of is Tango and Cash, which is a movie in which Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell are cops. And at one point they wind up in jail and literally everyone in jail is non-white. And they keep going on these like screeds about how, oh,
1: man, I don't want to be killed by an immigrant. Oh, man. Like, it's crazy. So I've never actually seen that movie. So but that makes sense. Tango and Cash has so
2: much more going on for it than this show did. Absolutely.
1: So that is not not your
2: recommendation
1: (laughs) no but Alex so what would you say would you so there's three ratings there's flop certified flop and not a flop
2: okay well definitely not that last one
1: (laughs) Does this like have a fan
2: base somewhere? No. Okay, I'm going to go certified flop then because I didn't like it and no one anywhere has liked it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So then the next question though is since we both gave this certified flop, Jordan, is this better or worse than Beast Children?
2: This is tough. So here's the thing. The
0: dialogue is on the level of Beast Children. Alex, Beast Children is this really shitty rugby manga that read really bad. The art is better than Beast Children. It's, It's so hard to determine which is worse. I think I have a more positive view of Beast Children because it's just stupid and also
1: not hateful.
0: Yeah. So I almost want to give it to Beast Children, which is
1: embarrassing. I do, actually. I think I enjoyed this less than Beast Children, because as we talked about Maybe with either Barrage or Hungry Joker, this was like bad in a mediocre way, if you get what I mean, where it wasn't fun to read something this bad in the way that Beast Children, we were having a great time talking about how terrible it was. This just like, I wanted my time back after I read it. Yeah. Which I feel makes it worse than Beast Children because this has less redeeming values. And Beast Children also wasn't racist, which gives it a lot of points over the series.
2: Yeah. And with the name Beast Children, it's not the one you'd guess
1: would be less racist. Just from the name. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) With Beast Children having that forced diversity where they introduce a character in like, the Last chapter, just so they can say they have like a black person on the team. That feels forced. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. It was not a good look because they're like, it doesn't matter where you're from, and they show like the black guy who literally got introduced like five pages before, or like how old you are, or what you believe. We're all rugby players. And I was like, wow, this is just really, really bad.
2: Yeah. That's still better than what they did with the one black character in this one, though, where they added him in and then killed him immediately.
0: Not before people commented on how
2: he's slimy and smells bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Is this more racist than what Robot Beam did with the black? Where they kept comparing him to a Sasquatch.
2: This sounds less racist than that, but I, I didn't, I didn't see that one. So
1: there is a scene in Robot Laser Beam where there is this. Wait, real quick, Alex, what do you think
2: Robot Laser Beam's about? Probably robots and their laser beams. It's about golf. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> that makes me really mad, actually. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so the one of his opponents is this giant black dude who first of all they introduced as not understanding how to pay for things is super poor and they have like a splash art page where the main character has to fight this dude who has now been redrawn as a literal like king kong including having dreadlocks
2: it's bad yeah that sounds way more racist than this
1: yeah it's really really racist yeah again
2: like the, this is the first thing i said about this show this is a show that aspires to be more racist than it gets to be
1: yeah yeah i think we said it before where I was like the show is kind of like when you're talking to like your family member and then they just casually say something racist but it doesn't like delude the rest of the conversation but the entire time you're talking to them like that's the only thing you can really think about now that they've like been like you know like you know if it wasn't for those you know damn Jews ruining the economy we'd really be in a good spot making you know making everything and then he's like talks about like you know how much he enjoys you know surfing and the entire time you're like wow this surfing thing is interesting but you also just said something really anti-semitic so now that's all I'm gonna think about when I think of you
2: absolutely it's gonna color our entire surfing dialogue
1: yeah Yeah, because he doesn't go full Alex Jones, which would have probably actually made the series much more interesting if the entire series, like if Hillary Clinton literally was called like Billy Hinton and was talking about how like she's going to throw like the president of Japan into jail and it's like Donald Trump being like, you know, with like a manly chin and like an eight pack, that would have been fun. It would have been fun to have read a series that was overly alt-right. This is just like a few droplets of racism that you can taste, but it's not like the main flavor and it just ruins it. Ben Garrison should make an anime. Ben Garrison should be the artist and team up with the writer and it would have been the most perfect. right manga of all time (laughs) i love to hate ben garrison (laughs) And then though, before we switch it to the shout outs though, since we all thought this was a failure, let's just say, what should listeners check out instead of reading this garbage fire of a series? So I'll go first and say, I'm going to take something that is actually used to be pretty big, but I don't know if last time I actually heard talk about it, and say darker than black, which actually is a somewhat similar idea where the main character is electric powers. It's set in a city. It's got an interesting first cast and things are different. Really cool. It's one of the older Bone series. I think it came out in like 2005, 2006. So it was like right around the Full Metal Alchemist era of Bones. So you're going to be in for a good ride. The first season's really fun. Second season, not quite as good. But if you want to learn more, but just be warned, it doesn't have like a super strong resolution because they never made a third season. But at least watch the first season. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, people call it Chinese Electric Batman.
0: So what I would recommend, I recently went through a deep dive of Fist of the North Star. And (laughs) the thing about Fist of the North Star is, once again, doesn't have very good politics. It actually has politics that are somewhat similar to this. But the difference is the world in Fist of the North Star is so shitty and so fucking dangerous It's like this awful wasteland with roving bandits. The fact that there is this violent kung fu like hero who just like wipes them out. It's like okay, well at least I understand, you know, at least I kind of get it in this context, even if it's actually very dumb. And also the difference is that in Fist of the North Star, the art is incredible. So absolutely check out that over this if you want a manga that's good but still doesn't
1: have very good politics. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. And then how about you, Alex?
2: Okay, so I originally was going going to just recommend Berserk cuz that's the only manga I've been reading recently and only some of it is good. <laughs> But uh, now that I know the window is wider for what I can recommend here, I think if you were trying to read like a good version of this, despite how hard it wanted to be Naruto, you should watch Akira or read Akira because it is a different story that takes place in a destroyed Tokyo, but actually has like a critique in it and beautiful art and interesting powers and characters that have opinions and you know if you just I'm sure you all know about
1: Akira, check out Akira.
0: <laughs> yeah. Plus Kanye West likes it.
1: And Kanye West likes it. I mean, that's everyone likes it. Yeah. They made a Simpsons parody where people decided to redraw the entire manga of Akira with... Bart Kira, yeah. So also check out Bart Kira once you've seen Akira, because it is actually very impressive in the scale of how they got like 40 or so artists to redraw this series. Bart is Poochie's friend? Poochie's friend, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Tokyo Shinobi Squad. I want to start by giving props to Jordan for making the awesome theme song you heard at the start of the episode. I also want to give props to Jennifer for the awesome cover art for this episode. Episode. You can find her online at Art by Toast and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. I also want to give a thanks to Tucker for your pronunciation help. And then I also want to thank Miriam and Audi for their help with us plugging the show on social media. We've actually been seeing a lot of really awesome growth lately. So really I appreciate it. And then I also want to thank above all else you, Alex, for taking the time to join us today. And what have you been working on? Where can people find you?
2: You gave me a shout out. I love that. I love being shouted out. Yeah. Uh, so I named all my podcasts at the beginning. Theater of Delights Ballin' Out Super Damn America if you are listening to this show the obvious one would be Ballin' Out Super because it is about currently Dragon Ball Z Kai and that's an anime this is you're an anime person look at you look at you look at what you're doing with your life
1: wait so you have a podcast with the word super in its name but you're not covering Dragon Ball Super I'm glad you asked we finished Dragon Ball Super oh okay
2: (laughs) we did the whole thing you you can go back I mean it's gonna have a lot of current events from 2018 but you can do it because we have a much less organization organized show than this one. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha.
0: <laughs> I will also say uh your your other podcast Theater of Delight. I have listened to that one like a lot. You have one episode on there called Pedophile High School, which is like such a great parody of anime. And I read a lot of the terrible dialogue here as like some of the characters from those shows basically.
2: <laughs> Pedophile High School has a it has a strong cult following of the people who weren't immediately uh not friends with me anymore after I made it and you know we all want to make more It's it's been a big influence on my work this anime parody <laughs> on the radio
1: Jordan do you remember the one issue comic we made in like high school called Johnny the forgetful pedophile before we realized it was probably a really bad idea to make a comic series about a pedophile I don't that second guessing is so important to do I think it was also we had like one really funny idea and then we couldn't figure anything else so it's the one comic is this dude is in a truck and he drives up to like or in a van he drives up to a little girl he's like hey would you like a ride home and then she's like sure And then the next is him dropping her off. And then you see him at home and he just goes, oh, God damn it.
2: That's pretty funny. I like that.
1: People forget
2: now, but in the 2000s, pedophiles were funny.
1: Yeah, this was like circle like 2006. (laughs) Jordan's going to redraw it when he gets home tonight. Yeah, we're in the, we're in our high-tech studio. Yeah,
0: Studio 6. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tina Fey's over there, you know, hanging out. But as another shout out, I want to say thanks a lot to David. Like, David does a lot of editing. He helps put all this shit together. He does, he does most of the work, man. Uh, So thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot, David.
1: That's really kind. I mean, you do a big part. You just introduced our awesome new logo, which you guys can see on our social media. And then I also want to thank the audience in a twist, because I want to give some shout outs to people that... That have either been sharing our show or giving us reviews it helps so much if you dear listener can just tell one friend about the show that means a ton to us our goal is to get a thousand listeners in two weeks whenever an episode comes out we're about a third of the way there and that's how you know we really feel like we're really making something of our podcast so i want to give shout outs to mick anime review bring on the weird there's a movie for that east coast avengers dreon perry the kuga evangelist we get dubbed grand rapids play video games nitwits world jihad samira nahi walker jonathan lee cj and Jake Hawkins for giving us shares and I'm sorry if I butchered anyone's first or last name you know how it is listening to this show and then I also want to give shout outs to people that gave us reviews on iTunes we just broke 100 which puts us in a new tier of search results so we got reviews from Jen Burt Jury Room Podcast Movie Guy 03 there's a movie for that Nick EE 89 Crime and Compulsion Podcast Page 87 Muso 123 MRC 211 I9498H might be a bot but oh well (laughs) and East Coast Avengers so thank you everyone who's been liking sharing it really really does mean the world to me and I appreciate it so much and then um, let's just turn things to the general shout outs so I want to give a shout out to the what the trailer podcast it is a weekly podcast discussion trailer previews for movies TV series and video games from the past and coming soon they're available wherever most podcasts are found you can find them at anchor.fm slash what the trailer I want to give a shout out to the insanely dangerous retro pod show 80s 90s retro podcast and they're back with new episodes about movie soundtracks that's going to be coming out January 13th so be out about two or three days after this episode drop and you can find them at Linktree slash TRDR pod show. I want to give a friend of our show, Jakey, who was on, I think, Dark Mage, Jordan? Yeah. Jakey's uh, got a new podcast called Wow Cool Robot with lots of exclamation marks. They're an anime recap podcast going through all the Gundam series one at a time. So very thing that we were talking about, G Gundam. The host, Max, has a different host for each season and it keeps things very fresh. You can find them at Noisespace.xyz slash shows slash wow dash cool dash robot. And then I'm also just going to play some promos here. Hi. Welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases, and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms.
2: This is What The Spot, a podcast where we read and talk about paranormal erotic novels. I
0: think you mean paranormal romance novels? How about some of both? So you don't have to... We rate these books based on our own personal tastes.
1: And then we sum up the book with five words. You can find us online on Facebook and Instagram at WhatTheSmuckCast and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find Shonen Flop on Facebook and Twitter at ShonenFlopCast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcast. This has been David. This has been Jordan. And this has been Alex. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah!